0: All right, well, to, how, how'd you guys look like, like a little Van Halen right now? You say, well, I don't think you should be playing that in church, pastor. Well, I'll tell you what, I will do anything short of sin to get someone to church and hear by Jesus Christ. And we ain't your mama's church. Nothing wrong with your mama's church, we just ain't it. All right. Um, man, there's so much I want to say right now. Uh, Okay, here's, here's one thing. This is the opening day of Sunday morning. <clears throat> we have, I think, over 30 people in the lobby right now sitting in overflow that weren't able to sit in here. That's awesome. We had a couple families, however, leave because there's nowhere else for them to sit. And if those people did not know Jesus Christ, my heart breaks right now. This so is what I need, guys. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out in boldness, and I even talked to Pastor Farrell, the staff, nothing. I believed within six months of starting this service, we would have to add a second service. All right? This needs to happen in a couple weeks. In a couple weeks. But we can't do it right now with our volunteer base. So at the end of service, if you're not plugged in right now, I want you to go to the Connect Center, give me your name and your phone number, and someone's going to call you this week. Maybe this is your first time coming. Maybe you don't even know Jesus Christ. You know what? You can still be a part of what's happening, and you can still impact people's lives. All right? We need two services. ASAP, ASAP, because I don't want another family walking in that doesn't know Christ. There's no place for them to sit. All right, so I want to thank you for being here. Just give you a little heads up about how Sunday morning's going to go. We have spent a lot of money with the media outfit, uh, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Uh, this past service, what we're, what we're going to do is on Thursday nights, we are going to record pastor's message, which is going to be the first time that he preaches it. Um, He was preaching the first time on Sunday, but he's going to start preaching the first time on Thursday. We're going to record the Thursday night message and we're going to play it here on Sundays. Now, Thursday night service was canceled because um, of the weather. So we weren't able to record it. And we also had some, some, some glitches as well. So I have pastor Pharaoh's notes and, um, I have, uh, man, I've, I've, I've worked really hard to just try to make this, make this sermon my own. I was up late last night. I was up early this morning as well. I got sick on Friday. Guys, you guys, I can't even tell you how much the enemy did not want this to happen. Uh, we, had, we had one of our uh, staff members get in a car accident last week, totaled his car. Uh, we had the pipes froze here at this campus. Um, I got sick. Um, internet was down. Heater was... Uh, the, Satan... Satan does not want you to be here today. He does not want this happening, but you know what? We live in victory, and 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 lives are going to be touched, and lives are going to be changed forever. And I believe that. So occasionally, you will have Pastor Farrell here preaching live at 11 A.M. service. Maybe I'll be preaching sometimes live. Maybe we'll have someone else be preaching live. But it's going to be a video message, and and. uh, and so we should have that available next week. Now, some of you probably can't see it because we try to hide it pretty well. But right across here is a 15-foot wide screen that comes down to the floor, all right? And when we show this next week, it's going to look like Pastor Farrell is actually here on stage. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. And can someone say Super Bowl next year at the Goldsboro <laughs> campus? <laughs> yeah. Now yeah, That's where we'll be watching it here next year. But... Uh, but but you guys, well, you know, why are you doing, why, listen, doing a video message allows us to reach thousands of more people, and we want to open up more campuses in Wayne, in Johnson, and surrounding counties in years to come, and this is what, this gives us the ability to do that, so that's why we're doing it, so, so you guys, uh, just, just, uh, I'm saying it's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be awesome, so. We are starting a new series called Crazy People. Sometimes the crazy people, sometimes the crazy person is me, and sometimes the crazy person is you. Raise your hand if you think people would describe you as a little crazy. Raise your hand. There are some people that I know should have their hand raised that doesn't right now. Well, that's okay, because you can't fool God, right? Uh, We're going to be talking about wise, foolish and evil people. Wise, foolish, and evil people. So we all all know wise people. They seem to always be making the right decisions. We respect them, and we seek out their counsel. Do you remember time when you handled a situation with wisdom? I know for me, probably one of the wisest decisions I ever made was marrying my wife, Sabrina, and she would probably agree with that as well. How many of you know someone who you would consider foolish, please do not look over to the person next to you right now or point. Maybe you can remember a time when you made a foolish decision. I, want, I have plenty of stories to tell you about this one, about a foolish decisions, but I wanted to share one that I think uh, is probably pretty, pretty, pretty close up there. I lived in uh, New Mexico 10 years ago. Yes, New Mexico was part of the United States, for those wondering. And... Um, I have some people say, I, when, I, when I was moving out there, as much of my friends say, dude, don't drink the water, man. Don't drink the water. Okay. <laughs> um, but I lived in New Mexico 10 years ago, and I had a roommate named Lance, and we did a lot of crazy things. Well, one of the crazy things we did is, uh, you know, it gets hot, man. It gets hot. It's like 105 out there. and It gets hot. So we thought it would be a good idea to get one of those kids' pools. And um, no, not one of those, like, small ones, one of the ones that, like, you know, four adults could fit in pretty comfortably. And we decided to um, put it in our living room in our apartment <laughs> and fill that sucker up. Now, we used a bunch of water from the sink. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't warm enough, so we got some <laughs> boiling water, and uh, we dumped it in there. And, uh, you know, we just sat in it with our bathing suits and watched the movie. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. Um, I forgot to tell you that it was on the second floor of uh, where our apartment was. All right. so, so every morning of that week, I would wake up and I would look at that pool full of water. And I would be like, man, I hope that thing doesn't burst. And then I just wouldn't do anything about it. It was about a week later that went by. And I'm like, you know what? That's just making me nervous. And I'm sure if that thing br- burst right now, the, the guy underneath me would probably not appreciate that. So, so I'm like, Lance, let's, let's, uh, you know, let's siphon this out. So uh, I think I was the older one, so I just told Lance to go down into the first floor. I, and so we got a hose and uh, funneled it out through the balcony. And I just, I just said, all right, man, just start sucking. And I had him, I had him siphon this water out. And I think I almost drowned him and stuff. But uh, thankfully... Uh, that thing didn't burst, but if it did, it would have been a lot more damage than what uh, a $50 pool would have been. So we all have foolish stories. How about evil people? Someone who acts in a way that, uh, in a way, to intentionally hurt or destroy others. Do you know anyone like that? Once again, please don't turn your head right now. Have you ever hurt someone by your own actions or words? Now we have all encountered people from each of these categories in our lives. Uh, The Bible basically puts them in three categories. Wise, foolish, and evil people. And so we're going to look at a couple examples of that. So um, many of you have notes. If some of you didn't get notes, we actually ran out of notes. So we have extra copies in the Connect Center. You can get them after service. Um, There's a lot of information on that notes that I'm not necessarily covering, but Pastor Farrell wanted to make sure that you had it. So wise people. Um, I'm just going to cover a few of these people. Moses who wrote the first five books of the Bible, which is called the Pentateuch, is called a wise leader. You have David. He's called a wise leader. Abigail is called a wise wife. She managed her household well in spite of a surly and mean husband. So lady, there is hope for you. Solomon is called a wise leader. Daniel is called a wise counselor. Paul is called a wise messenger. And, of course, Jesus Christ is called a wise youth, a wise Savior, and wisdom of God. So foolish people. We have Adam and Eve who disobeyed God in the garden and did not trust him, felt like God was holding something back from them. God basically gave them the whole world, and, uh, and they doubted, uh, they doubted uh, God's goodness. You have Moses. You have David. You have Job's visitors and his wife. You know, when Job was in his most desperate time of need, he needed people to just love them and be there for him and listen. But then you have friends, man, that that made things worse, actually. You have the rich fool who who desired and wanted the things of this world more than God himself. He he wanted more of of what this world could offer than eternity. How about you? Does that that describe you? You you want more things of this world than that's just temporary, than than eternal. You have Peter. Peter who who denied Jesus, not once, not twice, three times. Then evil people. You have, in, in, in Genesis, you have Cain, who killed his brother Abel out of jealousy. You have Herod the Great, who was the king during the time of Jesus, who didn't want to lose his throne. And so he he made a a vow to kill everyone that was to and under in the land of Israel. And you have Judas Iscariot, who who betrayed Jesus. I mean, here here he walked with Jesus. He was one of Jesus' disciples. He was close to Jesus and was with him day and night for three years and then denied him. And, and, and And he betrayed him. We're going to look at some characteristics of each of these, of wise, foolish, and evil people. And as I I talk about these, I want you to think, do some of these describe me? Do some of these describe how I live? Do some of these describe my actions and my characteristics? So wise people, when a person is wise, that does not necessarily mean they are the smartest, most talented, or educated. So that gives many of us hope. When I think of someone that's wise, I think of someone that has character. Someone that has integrity. A wise person hears truth they listen to and then they take action. It's not just about knowing truth, it's about putting it in action. I mean, what good is, is knowing truth if, if you don't live it out? The wise person allows the truth of the reality to define their decisions, their behaviors, their plans, their actions, and their reactions as well. So a couple of qualities of wise people is that they are open, they are receiving, and they're inquisitive. They ask questions. They want to know, how can I do better? Wise people are not Self-centered. They care about the effects their decisions, behaviors, and actions are having on others. They realize it's bigger than themselves. When they understand that their behavior, this is important, when they understand that their behavior is having a negative effect on others, they make changes. When they realize that their actions, what they're, what they're doing, is having a negative effect on other people, they make changes. Another thing about wise people is they love feedback, and they're grateful for it. They're grateful for it. Giving honest feedback to a wise person person actually strengthens your relationship with them. They are appreciative. It brings you closer together. Now let's talk a little about people that are a little cray cray. That's crazy for some of you that didn't follow that lingo. Characteristics of foolish people. Maybe you have some of these, maybe you don't, I don't know. The foolish person person could be the brightest, most creative highly educated, talented, gifted, charming person in the room, and they got a smile on their face. When you are dealing with a foolish person, you pretty much see the opposite characteristics of the wise person. When a fool is given truth, reality, they don't listen. They fight the truth. They think they know all the answers. Do you know some people like that? That they just know all the answers. You can't tell them anything. They deny reality, they minimize the truth. They say, Oh, that's no big deal. Or, or you're overreacting, or you know, you're just blowing it out of proportion. Did they say that? Foolish people externalize the problem. They refuse to own the problem. And foolish people refuse to own their part of the problem. The problem is always someone else. It's not them. The problem is always something else. It's not them. I just want to say something right here. This is not in the notes, it's for free, as Pastor would say. There are some people that bounce from church to church to church. To church. If that is you, then maybe the churches aren't the problem. Maybe it's you. Maybe you get easily defensive. Maybe maybe you're being selfish because church is not about you. That's why when I leave today. There's going to be several pages of notes, of names, with people's numbers that filled it out on the Connect Center before they left, so we can have two services and reach more people and reach more lost people, because if you attend the bridge, you realize it's not about you. It's about Jesus. You say, that's a guilt trip. I don't care, man. I don't care. If it works, if it works, then praise the Lord. I'll I'll, I'll guilt all day long to touch more people for Christ. All right, I lost my notes here. Where am I at? Uh, Fools are not, what's the difference between a fool and an evil person? Fools are not trying to hurt anyone. Now we know that fools can hurt lots of people, but it's not their intention to hurt people most of the time. Example, what about addicts? Addicts, don't own their behaviors. They're in denial. They destroy families. And maybe you have acts in your family and you said, amen to that. They've destroyed ours. But the, but the thing is, is they avoid taking personal responsibility. They, they always say, it's not my fault. You know, this happened to me and that's why I do this. Or, you know, they never, they never own, they, ever know, they never own their part of the problem. evil people on the other hand like hurting others their strategy is to destroy evil people gossip they divide families they divide teams and friendships and evil people will try to destroy a person because of jealousy or because they want their position Evil is not about foolish or immature behavior. Evil is when people actually take pleasure when people fall. They gloat in the failure of others. And they want to destroy you and everyone they know. The decisions you make will will place you in one of these categories. So people will either perceive you as wise... As foolish or evil, based on decision after decision after decision you make. So, what kind of person do you want to be known as? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? Do you want people to talk about you to your kids and your grandkids and say, man? Your dad, your mom, they were pretty foolish. They lived a a foolish life. They lived an evil life. Or do you want your legacy to be of a wise person? A person who loved God and lived for him and loved people. The Bible describes David This is interesting to me because as we were going down, as I was breaking down wise, foolish, and evil people, I said that the Bible described David as wise. But it also described David as foolish as well. So in 1 Samuel 13, we look and we see that there is Samuel who is a prophet. And we have King Saul, who was the king of Israel. And King Saul was being disobedient to God. And so you have Samuel, who goes to Saul and says, you have been disobedient, you will no longer be king. And he says in 13... 1 Samuel 13, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of the people. How do you think that made Saul feel? Was Saul happy about that? No. So here, Saul, who is king of Israel, is told that he's no longer to be king and he couldn't well he couldn't leave well enough alone and he spent the rest of his life pursuing david and trying to destroy him because he was the next king and that's the legacy that he left so david becomes king israel prospers god is moving his hand of blessings upon them. And also in 2 Samuel 11, one day, David is looking out the window. He's on his his deck, his sunroom, whatever you want to call it. And his men, David's men, David was a warrior. David's men are out in the battle fighting where David should have been. But he's in his house, taking a little vacation. He looks out the window, sees a beautiful woman, Bathsheba. She's bathing. And he looks at her, he's like, man, she looks good. He doesn't leave it at that but he lets his desires consume him. And he has someone to go find her and bring her to her, and he sleeps with her. And not only does he sleep with another man's wife, but then he puts Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, on the front lines for him to be killed. So he basically causes him to die. murder wasn't didn't Samuel just describe David after a man after God's own heart It doesn't sound like that to me right here So following the next chapter Nathan rebukes David for what he did before he does And he calls him out he calls him out. I tell you what. It'd be good if we had some friends like David in our li- I mean like Nathan in our lives. People who spoke truth and love in our lives. We need that accountability. You know, we veer off track every so often, and we need people to bring us back. And David doesn't 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 resist, doesn't deny. He owns it. And he says, I have sinned. I have sinned against God. Against God who made me king. So is David wise, foolish, or evil? Yes. David chose wisdom when he desired what God wanted for his life. And he chose foolishness when he was where he didn't need to be, where he wasn't supposed to be. And he was foolish when he slept with Bathsheba. And he chose evil when he put Uriah on the front lines, knowing that he would be killed. And Uriah was a a faithful man. Uriah, Uriah was loyal to David. He was loyal. He was a friend of David's. Our flesh and our hearts is capable of any kind of evil, gang. We're capable of doing anything. Have you ever been surprised by yourself at the hurtful words or actions you've done in your life? Has anyone ever been surprised? Two people. All right. I know I have. I know I have. There's been times when I've said something, I said, man, I cannot believe I just said that. How hurtful was that? Or my actions, where I, where I just do something, I said, I said, I don't even know who I am. That's, that's not me. I'm ashamed of that. I hurt someone because of that, what I did or I didn't do. When you follow your heart, you know, the whole worldly advice, Oprah, all that other garbage, just follow your heart. no. How is that working for you, Dr. Phil? You know, that's what he says. How is that working for you? How does that work for you when you follow your heart? Because I tell you what, when I've fallen my heart, I've made some very poor decisions. And I've sinned. What you've got to do is you've got to follow the scripture. You've got you to follow God's word and what God's word says for you to do. You've got to be plugged into a church, you've got to have accountability you got to gain knowledge and God wants to give you wisdom. You got to be spending time in prayer. You need wisely counsel. You don't you don't need to be talking to your friends, you know that go to the clubs and you know get that advice. You need you need people who are living it out. So we make choices, when we make choices without God, that's foolish. If you're about to make a choice, if you're about to make a decision right now without God, that's foolish. Do you think that David consulted with God before the incident with Bathsheba and Uriah? Probably not. Because if he would have, if David would have consulted God on that, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have done it. There's some things that we're doing or about to do that you don't want to consult God over because you don't want him to speak truth into your life because you really know what you need to do. You just don't want to do it. And God's going to bring love and conviction to you because he has something better for you because sin always leaves us empty. And wanting more. But Jesus wants to give you fulfillment. If you have consulted with God beforehand, I bet you have saved yourself a lot of heartache. Just think about, man, just think about the decisions that you've made, the choices that you've made, the attitudes that you've had, and learn from them. You can't change, you can't go back, you can't change. You can't change the past. Today is all that matters. Today is all that matters. But David was wise enough to repent. What does repentance mean? Repentance means I'm I'm heading in this direction and I turn and I go in the opposite direction. That's repentance. And you are given opportunities every day to make wise choices, to make foolish choices, to make evil choices. God has given you free will. If you are a puppet and God controlled every move you make, how loving is that? God does not force himself on anybody. He does not, he does not make you to, to accept him as Lord and Savior. I mean, if I was going around all day long to my kids, tell daddy how much you love me, tell daddy how much you love me, and I was like forcing them to tell me that, really, is that love? No, that's like manipulation. I want them to tell me they love me because they love me. And they, and they realize everything I've done for them and how I provide for them and how I love them more than they, they realize So you're given opportunities every day and God wants to give you wisdom. What you need to do is you need to humble yourself before God and others. You need to ask the question. You need to ask the question to God and you need to ask the question to, to people you trust that, that know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and, are, and are give you wise counsel. You need to ask them, how do you think I'm handling this situation? God, How do you think I'm handling this situation right now? God, what do you think about my thoughts I have towards this person or this situation right now? You know what? You ask that question and He will answer. He will answer because He wants you to be wise. He doesn't want you out in the dark just doing your own thing and just guessing. Well, I guess this is right. I guess this is wrong. No, He wants to give you wisdom. Ask the question. If I do this, if I do this, whatever it is, whatever this is, is this going to honor God? Are my, is my behavior, my thoughts, and my actions right now, if I do this, is that going to bring honor to God? And if not, don't do it. Don't do it. It's that simple. So if you ask yourself in each of these situations what is the wise thing to do and you choose not to do it, then maybe you're the crazy person. If you know what to do, the wise thing to do, and you don't do it, you're the crazy person. Now remember earlier in the message I asked I, I, I asked you, has anyone ever hurt you intentionally? And I'm pretty sure that, that most of us were able to think of someone very quickly, or maybe a few people, about someone that has hurt us intentionally. And then I asked the question, what about you? Have you hurt someone intentionally? And that one might have been a little bit harder for you to answer. I'm like, ah, I'm sure I have, I just can't remember. Isn't it funny how we remember the foolishness and the evilness and the bad things that people have done to us. But it's a little bit harder for us to remember those things that we've done to other people. It's silent in here, so, so I think that's good. What about yourself? Are you the person that you keep on hurting by your choices? Maybe it's not someone else. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's the person you look in the mirror every single day and your behaviors and your actions and you're hurting that person more than anyone else. And God wants you to stop that and he can help you. You can't fix yourself. You can't do it. All this self-help stuff is garbage. You need Jesus Christ in your life and he will take over. And you need to get off the throne and you need to say, God, you take over. Because I, every time I touch it, I mess it up. And I want you. And I want you to rule over my life. Here's a, here's a tweet for you. You can't embrace God's forgiveness if you're not willing to extend God's forgiveness. You can't embrace God's forgiveness. Forgiveness, fully, you cannot fully embrace his forgiveness if you're not willing to extend God's forgiveness. Man, I forgive anybody after some of the stuff I've done. There is no one that has done anything more to Jeremy White than I've done to Jesus Christ. No one. Maybe you're the one that's being mistreated right now. You're the one that's being mistreated and, and you're saying, I just don't know what to do. Well, you probably need to create some space. You need to set some boundaries in your life right now with that person. Maybe that person's a family member and you can't really create a whole lot of space. Maybe you live with that person. I know that's tough. That's tough. But you can still create some boundaries and you can still allow that person not to not to dictate your life. Listen, God asked you to love people not change people and if you are trying to change people you will be frustrated every single time but God can change that person God can change that person he said I don't know I don't know if he can look at you has he changed you no one's hopeless cause Now maybe you wouldn't describe yourself as foolish or evil. But when I went through those characteristics, there are some things that I that I said that kind of resonated with you. You say, "Well, I'm not you know, I'm not a foolish or evil person, but when you talked about a fool being prideful, that's me. Or someone that doesn't take responsibility for their own actions. That's me." Or maybe someone that's, that's defensive. They get defensive very easy. You know, are you, are you someone that always gets defensive? And whenever anyone talks to you about anything, even if they do it in love and truth, you blow up. If, if that's you, that's foolish. Or you're being selfish. What about, what about this? When I talk about an evil person or evil characteristics. Are you someone that doesn't care who you hurt with your words or your actions and you feel like you can just say whatever you want to people and they'll get over it? Oh, they'll get over it. They know I didn't mean it. Are you a gossiper? When you hear something, you can't wait to tell people at work. You can't wait to get on Facebook and share this. You just you just You can't wait. God calls that evil. That's an evil characteristic. Do you love to cause division? Do you love to see people fail? Do you always like to one-up someone? Listen, your life doesn't have to be defined by those characteristics. It doesn't. And it's not too late to change. It's never too late to change. And that's what the enemy wants you to think. He said, it's, he said you've, been this, you've been this way for years. It's just who you are. No, it's not who you are. It's not who you are. God has come to give you life and give you life to the fullest. John ten ten. And if you're truly remorseful, you won't keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna repent. If you keep on acting foolish, if you keep on acting evil, and you have those characteristics, and you say, I'm sorry, but you keep on doing it, how sorry are you? How sorry, how, how have you really repented? Because, because God wants to give you the strength, he wants to give you the wisdom, he wants to give you the courage to live as a child of God. Not, not to live like we see everyone else around the world, but to be salt and light in the darkness. That's what God wants for your life. He wants to give you hope, he wants to give you freedom, he wants to give you joy. How could you not want that for yourself? How could you not want that for your family members, for your friends, for people you know? It's your choice to either be wise, foolish, or evil. And Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he's not talking about fear like cowering, like afraid. No, he's talking about reverence, respect, knowing who's in control. And it's not you and it's not me. So I encourage you guys to be wise. Choose to be wise today. Choose to be wise tomorrow. Choose to be wise next week. Because too much is on the line, too much is at stake. And God wants to use your life to touch other lives. Let me pray.